Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio today. A lot of ground to cover, a lot going on uh, around the world and right here in the state of Utah. Appreciate you joining us on what we're just dubbing a second Monday. It just felt like Monday this morning after uh, the Pioneer Day holiday. Uh, but the rest of the world didn't stop yesterday. It kept rolling along. And uh, very pleased to be joined now by our colleague at ABC, Andy Field, one of the great voices in Washington. Andy, great to have you back. Well, thanks, Boyd. Nice to talk to you, too. It's uh, It was a little bit of a roller coaster ride yesterday in Washington. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of your listeners either watched or heard it during the day and probably tuned out at one point because it didn't turn out to be the the uh, you know, variety show that people were hoping it would be. It yeah. was basically um, a seasoned prosecutor giving yes and no answers and kind of reluctant to be there. But you had to listen pretty closely to hear uh, him try to bring this thing to life, this this 400-page report that virtually no one but wonks here in Washington have read. Right. Uh, and, and really to, to kind of see, wow, there's some really bad stuff that went on here and no one seems to be doing anything about it. Yeah, really uh, just a, a fascinating thing. As we've continued to break it down, we had uh, Representative Chris Stewart, uh, who was part of uh, those hearings yesterday and uh, a few others with a, a Utah angle. Uh, I, I want to jump quick, though, Andy, uh, because I know you, you've also been following because you follow everything in Washington. You are the <laughs> you are the ultimate insight. Source. I know I can do in one call with Andy Shield. I can Why do just not? about Let's anything. Do it. <laughs> uh, but I want to talk about the uh, the ruling yesterday. Federal judge temporarily blocked President Trump's plan to deny most asylum claims at the U.S.-Mexico border. Give us some uh, give us a little backstory and then tell us where we are on that. Well, the president has been frustrated at virtually every step in trying to deal with the with, with you know I, I think even Democrats at this point realize this is a crisis at the border. Uh, it's just what do you do about it? The president's uh, main takeaway is you build a big wall and block everyone from coming in. Most people and even people in his own party think that that a is not practical and b is not going to fix the problem because most of the people who are in the country illegally. Uh, didn't come across the Mexican border. They came in airplanes, just like most people from Europe and the rest of the world. Right. They had visas, and they stayed here forever. And that's one the, the big, giant immigration problem we have in this country. Uh, it's just more visible when you see poor people crawling over the border, many of them desperate for a better life, um, 
being stuck in detention centers, and you have this visual, and you think, wow, things are really awful, and our government's not treating them well. Well, a big part of that is that there isn't the money and the resources to take care of all these people. Uh, and the president is not wrong when he says a lot of these people who get released and are told by judges to come back often do not come back for those hearings. And you know, this, this creates a big immigration problem in this country. So uh, the president thought, well, let's take asylum. You know, most of these people are claiming asylum. We're going to really limit the ability to do that or keep people out of the country or send them to safe third countries while they apply for asylum so they're not our problem and our headache, according to the president. He keeps saying there's no more room here. Uh, but a judge says, no, you can't do that, Mr. President, because you don't make immigration law. Congress, Congress has to do law, that. And they passed a law that says if you are in actual fear of your life, you can come into this country and apply for asylum and stay here. Yeah, Andy. Andy, and so let me. Uh, that's why they blocked it. Yes. Okay. So, so let me let me ask. So, the judge has has blocked it again by executive order. Doing that is there. I know there has been uh, talks and negotiations, both from the executive branch as well as uh, some of those in Congress, uh, to to do what we've done with places like Canada, with kind of that first <laughs> wherever you first touch ground. Uh, rule that if you are in Canada or Mexico coming from another country and seeking asylum that you you have to seek it in that country before right. you come to the U.S. Is there any traction or any momentum in terms of those discussions? Well, it's funny you should mention that because today they were negotiating these things, uh, at least trying to get some kind of deal in Congress, and those talks fell through yet again. Here's the problem. The president has a number of very, very hardline um, folks who advise him, including Stephen Miller, uh, who basically keep derailing these things. They get the president's ear, and he says, okay, that makes sense, and we'll just kill it. A lot of folks forget that a year and a half ago, maybe almost two years ago, 2017, uh, around February, when the president kept saying, I want the wall, I want the wall, this is before, a year before the shutdown, uh, and Democrats said, fine, we'll give you money for the wall, you have to protect the DACA kids, and they made this grand compromise that both Republicans and Democrats said, yes, we're good with this. The president said, yes, I'm good with this. Stephen Miller said, no, I'm not, not rotten enough to DACA folks. The deal died. And we have been in this kind of limbo ever since. So this could have been solved a year and a half ago, but because the president listened to certain advisors who were hardliners on his staff, it's not solved. Yeah. Uh, if you're just joining us, we have uh, Andy Field with us, our colleague from ABC, who always has uh, insight on all things Washington. We always appreciate his knowledge and insight there. And, you know, w one of the things that we, we constantly look at, uh, particularly here in the state of Utah, it's it's this idea that that compassion and rule of law are actually compatible principles, that <laughs> that those are not mutually exclusive things, as they often are cast in these kind of debates on the national level. Uh, are there any uh, anyone on either side of the issue uh, willing to come to that kind of compromise and say, look, we, we can do both. We can be compassionate. We can deal with those who are seeking asylum for legitimate reasons. Uh, and we can, uh, you know, properly protect the border uh, and how people are coming in. I think there are, you know, the, the people who are on the president's side here are not 
entirely misguided or wrong in this here. The president comes off as a, a really hardliner on a lot of these issues. But he's not wrong in that the folks who are bringing people across the border for money, these coyotes and, mm-hmm. and folks who families pay or human traffickers uh, pay to bring over into our country, they know the law better than a lot of lawyers do in this country. They know the right things to say when you cross the border. Right. And they go, I'm in fear of my life, or whatever it is that they have to say that fits those guidelines, and instantly they get on the asylum queue. Mm-hmm. And so that is one way to protect you and not get you kicked back out of the country. And people are getting smarter about that. Uh, and so right now, as we speak, there is a hearing on Capitol Hill uh, with the person who directs ICE, uh, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, who is talking about this very thing, saying that his agency is the only law enforcement agency in the country that is told routinely don't enforce the law he says there are people here early who are here illegally that they've had judgments to be deported and that uh, local uh, uh, cities who say they're sanctuary cities are not allowing law enforcement to hand these people over to ICE. Now, there are people for and against that, and and one of the reasons they have sanctuary cities is because the immigration population in many cities are terrified that if they turn in an actual criminal, that they will be deported themselves. And so that's why these cities are trying to protect these folks. So there's got to be some compromise in the middle here, and, and so far no one's been able to find it. All right. Andy Field, thanks so much for joining us, as always. Great insight from Washington, D.C. Appreciate it. Thanks, Boyd. All right. That's Andy Field from ABC. Uh, We will step aside for the bottom of the hour break. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on on Inside Sources. It must be second Monday on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. We'll be right back.